Welcome to Woolen Spinning Radio. It is August of 2018, and this month I am joined by Katrina, who chatted with me for over an hour about various topics. We mostly chatted about the Breed and Color Studies, which was the show you listened to last month. This month, in part two of our conversation, we get into creative life balance and what that is starting to look like for each of us. I hope you enjoy our conversation this month. In an effort to find some balance and spin more yarn, we will be hosting another giveaway, this time for a pack of carded nests that I made on my drum carter. I'm going to throw everything on there and see what happens. If you'd like a chance to see what became of the fiber I carded together, head over to the post associated with this particular show. If you like what you see, comment in the post thread about how you seek balance between all the things you want to accomplish with your time. Good luck. I hope you enjoy the show. So the last couple of breed and color studies, Katrina hasn't been able to spin um, or work with the fiber. Um, she ends up kind of watching from the sidelines after the uh, fiber um, goes, out. goes out and is shipped. And um, it got her and I chatting over the last, probably, we've probably been talking about this for almost a year now, mm-hmm. um, about finding some some semblance of balance between our creative selves and our um, need for time to look after ourselves and self-care and looking after ourselves and I know uh, some people would say um, that their creative time is that time and I totally agree Um, but outside of that um, one of the things that Katrina and I've spent quite a bit of time talking about over the last year particularly I think last summer and into the fall Mm -hmm. was um, how sedentary our hobbies are yeah and that we were really struggling with that um sort of push and pull like that tug of war between um um being sedentary and and creating and making and um making just to make and enjoying that time but recognizing that being really super sedentary for many many hours every day is maybe not the best thing at our age um Mm -hmm. you know as we both are sort of uh we've got young children, we've got kids that are very active and want to be active. We've got husbands that want to be active and are very active themselves. And, um, what that sort of looks like for us going forward as we get older. And I need to find needles, uh, a needle and scissors, Scissors. (laughs) (laughs) um, for Katrina to weave in ends. Um, yeah, so we, we've been talking about this a lot, and I've been sort of on my own journey for the past year um, uh, that, that I've shared a lot of with, uh, with Katrina when her and I get together and, and have coffee and, and just chat and whatnot. So um, we, I think both of us have sort of started to recognize that this struggle, I guess you could call it, I don't know if it's, a, it's not a negative struggle, it's just, it's just... Oh, yeah, it twists. Um, Oh, it probably broke. It's been uh, yeah, my, it yeah, my needles have um, <laughs> that case. So that, that container, mm-hmm. the top of my, my needles case just broke. And that case is probably, I bought it in 2005. <laughs> so it's 13 years old. That's pretty uh-huh. good for plastic. It's pretty good for plastic. <laughs> I have another container that I'll, that I'll switch them into. Anyways, um, we yeah so it's sort of this 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 tug of war and the struggle between self-care and um enjoying our making and enjoying our creativity Mm -hmm. and what that sort of looks like well and that's that's been my struggle like I mean when I started Crafty Jacks two years ago it um well I'd started it before that um Mm -hmm. but when when we sort of got the carter two years ago and started doing prep and I started dyeing and we added braids and then we added yarn and you know, the last almost two years, it's sort of exploded into this huge entity for me. And my time has disappeared. Mm-hmm. And my energy has really gone into to building it. But, um, you know, you mentioned that I haven't spun the, the breed and color studies the last couple of times. By the Have time, you spun any of them? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No, I've I've got bats from the first <laughs> from the Gotland and the BFL. From the Gotland and BFL, I've got bats. They're sitting in in my to spin pile. But um, 
I just, I literally have not had time. I, we, we started doing club last year. Yeah. And so every month I've got a spin club. At that time, I was still spinning club for Sweet Georgia. Um, and there was all of these push and pulls to, to my time. And um, it was, it meant that I spent a lot of time sitting. Yeah. And, yep. and, um, and into the evening. And into the evening. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd sometimes feel guilty because there'd be so many other things that I had to do. And why was I sitting here spinning? But I needed to get this project finished because I needed to be able to blog about it. And, you know, yep. like, this was the, the debate that I had with myself. And um, it was it was one of those things where I was just like, I need to find balance. And, and um, I've always, like from the time I was about nine, I started training karate. And so I'd always been fairly fit. And since having kids, um, I haven't always been able to commit the same amount of time to going to class and, and training. And, and so that wasn't even enough. And mm -hmm. so there was all of these push and pulls. And um, finally, just a few weeks ago, my parents gave me a Fitbit. And it's been really interesting. It's been an interesting motivator for me to try and increase the number of steps that I'm getting in a day. Mm -hmm. And it's something very, very simple. And um, it's just that, that little reminder. It's like, okay, it's five o'clock at night. You've only done 5,000 steps today. That's half of what's recommended. Mm -hmm. What are you gonna do? And so we've been engaging the kids and getting them on their bikes and my husband and I go for a walk. And so we get this time to reconnect. Mm -hmm. We're out for half an hour, an hour. Um, we've started doing these like playground tours where the kids, <laughs> That's cool. there's, there's tons of, of parks and playgrounds close to us. And so the kids, um, the motivator for them is that we're going to these different parks and most of them have, um, a green space that we can walk in while still seeing them. Mm -hmm. And so we can keep walking while they play, or sometimes we'll just play on the playground structures with them for that time. And then we keep walking and um, the goal is to sort of, you know, just be moving mm -hmm. and spend that time moving. And um, it's interesting that like when I used to feel like I didn't have the time or the energy for it, how much more productive I am when I'm doing it mm -hmm. because I feel like, okay, you know what? I've gone for an hour walk. I've got my steps in. I've done this, this, this thing for my health. I can sit down and watch a movie with the kids now and spin for the next two hours and not feel guilty. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's definitely been trying to find that balance between, you know, getting all of the, the work stuff done and getting the fiber out for club and, you know, just different things like this. And then also, you know, spending that time doing something to look after my mental and physical well-being. Mm-hmm. Because getting outside and spending that time outside walking is so good for our mental health as well as our physical health. Absolutely. And I think um, when you're doing it with your partner or your spouse, that adds to it because they're mm -hmm. now they're um, wanting to, uh, not up the ante, but like, you know, I find with the boys, like they they are in such a better headspace when they're active and busy. Mm -hmm. Not just the odd hike or walk on the weekend, but like consistently yep. throughout the week. It doesn't have to be like every day, but it needs to be consistent mm -hmm. and it needs to be more days than not. Yeah. You know, like when I look at the calendar um, each month, because I have a Fitbit as well and I've worn it for quite a long time. Um, you know, and I look at the calendar because it'll, it'll show you um, on mine. I can I can look at the number of, of days in the month that I was active for. And it feels really good when you look at it. And more days are active than not. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's that's huge. Well, and it's, it's just like it doesn't have to be that much time. It's, you no. know, like I said, half an hour, an hour that we go out for a walk. Yeah. Um, and the kids are sleeping better. Yep. I'm sleeping better. Um, sleep is huge, hey? Oh, sleep. Sleep is such a big thing, and I've missed yeah. sleep. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and we've made some changes this year in the business. My sister started doing a lot of the carding. Mm -hmm. um, 
so it frees me up to to do the dyeing and planning new colors and stuff like that because when you're doing it all by yourself it's really hard to sort of find enough time to do it all exactly yeah Um, I think when it frees you up for those creative things too, it uh, for the, some of those more creative pursuits, I guess I should say, um, I think you're more, it, just you in general, not not you, you, um, are more able to um, um, be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult to be creative when you're feeling tapped out all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and if you're feeling tapped out all the time... Um, those creative juices just just don't flow and going to a fiber festival sometimes isn't enough to get that those juices flowing again well, i don't and, think and i find like vending at these fiber festivals um as as much fun as it is to meet everybody and and put faces to to the people that i see on instagram that totally. that i chat with and stuff like that as much as i love it it is absolutely 100% exhausting for me absolutely that's and that classic introvert personality, right? It is. It's and, for both of us. And while we can put it on for the, you know, two days that we're there for eight hours at a stretch, mm-hmm. and we can put on that extroverted front, mm-hmm. the reality is is that it's utterly exhausting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so finding that time to, to look after myself and, you know... Recharge. Recharge afterwards is really, really important. And yeah. the... Until we started, you know, we've hired my sister to to do a bunch of the carding. Um, for the first time in a while, I I actually feel like we're we're making progress and that we're on top of things and that, you know, I'm not always running from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clubs going out on time and I'm not having to worry about it. I dye the colors at the beginning of the month and by the end of the month, it's ready to ship and mm-hmm. and it's really it's really been good for me to have the help mm-hmm. and um and it's meant that you know taking this extra time to to look after myself physically mm-hmm. that I don't feel the pressure of but I have so much work to do exactly and I do I still have lots of work to do but it's it's less onerous I guess is what it is um there's probably a little bit of freedom there as I'm sort of re- reading between the lines a little bit, but you know, I think they're with having that support network and that those support people, mm-hmm. um, there, there's sort of that freedom then to, um, I, I think to sort of take a little bit more time on, on certain things that you want to spend more time mm-hmm. on or focus on things that you maybe wouldn't otherwise, you know, like we had let make a radio go back in the, uh, fall, uh, because both of us were just feeling too overextended all the time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we were recording quite late at night and we were both tired. And at that point, sleep really is the priority. Um, and I, and I think when, when some of, um, those supports begin to, um, kick in and, and, Mm -hmm. and play a more significant role, it means that you can spend, that time doing those other things that maybe we had to let go or, or things that you were mm-hmm. maybe felt like you were rushed before. Yeah. It's, it's changed the perspective on things mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm actually hoping that, you know, not necessarily this breeding color study, but the next one that I'll actually be able to participate and, and actually huge. spin. Yeah. Um, because the last three, I just, by the time it's done, I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see the colors anymore. Yeah. I don't yeah. Totally. See the fiber anymore. I'm just like, I mean, the fin tapped out. I'm tapped yeah, out. Yeah. And, like totally. The, the fin one that we did in the fall last year, because, um, there was the, that snafu with the fiber. There was the problems with the fiber and, and stuff. Um, it went on for so long mm-hmm. and I was pretty done with those colors by the time yeah. I was done dying. And, um, and that was such a big color breeding color study because it, it was, was three huge. braids. Three braids is yeah. Like I mean, when you when you think about it, it's about fifteen minutes to dye a braid of fiber for me. Okay. And so yeah. Um, each of the orders that were, you know, three full braids, forty five minutes of work was forty five minutes of work, and that's just 
to apply the dye. That's not mixing the dyes or setting them or the drying and washing and soaking part process. Rinsing, it's, I mean. It's not the rinsing process. Yeah. It's not the, the drying process. It's not the braiding process. It's mixing not the weighing off the fiber in the first place process. Mixing the dyes. Mixing, mixing the, the dyes. The I, I mix a big batch, so that wasn't as big of a deal. There wasn't as much mixing. But still. But even still, you yeah. know, like, I mean, probably a good hour was spent mixing all the dyes to begin with. Absolutely. And, and then needing to mix them again partway through because I ran out. And Exactly. You know, so, yeah, it's... It's an interesting sort of process, and now to have a little bit of help, and we've hired somebody to do the bookkeeping so that I don't have to do that anymore. Um, Which is huge. It's it's freeing up my time to, to have a little bit more creative time. Yeah. And, you know, some of the ideas that I have in my head for new colorways and things like this, I'm hoping that it'll give me the time and the space to do some of those things. Yeah. And to grow the business in a way that that feels natural and that feels... Positive. Positive, but that I'm not doing it at the sacrifice of my health. Exactly. Yeah, and that family time. Yeah. You know, because everything else has to give mm-hmm. when you're consumed with, with something like, like building a business. I mean, you know, they say the first two years is the hardest. Yep. You know, and it's it's two years is a long time. Two years is a long time, and you it's know? a long time to be sleep-deprived and running yep. on empty and feeling constantly burnt out and constantly tapped out. Absolutely. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that I let go of in my personal life mm-hmm. um, just because I ran out of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's not like the kids don't stop needing you. No. You know, if anything, it becomes more intense as they get older mm-hmm. for different reasons. The physical care um, diminishes. Because they can get dressed themselves, for example. Yeah. But um, the emotional care. It's the emotional care. Yeah. 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 And um, both my kids are quite sensitive and they need, they seem to need a fair amount of emotional support Mm -hmm. after school and things like that. And Mm so. You've got tutoring. And yeah, Ella's in tutoring on Tuesdays and, you know. It's a lot. And like, I mean, last year when she was in tutoring, the tutor was coming to our place, but now we're going to her place. And so mm-hmm. that hour of tutoring is now two hours of my time because it's half an hour to get there and half an hour to get home. And totally. You it's know, right at dinner time. It's right at dinner time and, and that constant rush. But yeah, I'm actually not minding it as much now that I've got a little bit of help because it's not one more thing on top of this endless list of things that need to totally. be done. Totally. Some of those things are being done while... I'm doing other things yeah. and so it it's making making things a little bit more balanced yeah and and I'm finding that I'm enjoying my creative time spinning and stuff like that a little bit more and I'm, I'm doing some projects for myself which I haven't really done in the last couple of years it's huge and um you know planning projects with stuff from my stash and clearing out some of my stash mm-hmm. and spinning it because it's been sitting there for two years or three years or yeah you know and it's just it's time to get some of it spun and and some of it into yarn so that it can become projects yeah and that's I think that's that's big because a spinning project isn't just the spinning to me Mm -hmm. um although we were literally just talking about how the fin was maybe just a spinning project (laughs) for me but um because I love the yarn so much I don't want to do anything with it um but the um you know that when as that fiber sits in our stash like it's it's not um it's not an unlimited it's not it's it's a limited resource in the sense that like it it does have an expiry date like it mm-hmm. it's going to get compacted it's going to get ruined like heaven forbid anything happened to our houses in terms of like water damage or something mm-hmm. um only because like that that stuff it would be ruined yeah um you know, and, and your tastes, we've talked about this on Maker Radio, like the, mm-hmm. the, our tastes change over time, mm-hmm. you know, and we want, um, to have a different, like we would buy something different at the next fiber festival versus that braid of fiber that we bought five years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think your skills change. So then your tastes change and what you, the, the fiber itself changes what you want to spin mm-hmm. well and I know, you know like when I first started spinning I would buy two braids of a colorway that yeah, I really liked just so that I would get enough yardage to do something with it yeah and now I can get a decent yardage out of one braid so I don't need to buy two braids exactly and so there's a lot of things in my stash where I have two braids of it because I bought it when I needed to 
and now and you would end up over a thousand with over a thousand yards. Absolutely. It's like, well, what am I going to do with a thousand yards of yarn? Yeah. You know, I'm in that boat with this um, uh, Romney mohair, right? Like, I have mm-hmm. so much yardage. What do you do with it all? Yeah. You know. And I haven't been a sweater knitter. No. And yeah. and that's that's part of the thing for me is is I've I've got some stuff in my sash to knit and make sweaters, but um, I've knit sweaters for my kids. But I've not done adult sweaters. Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to, um, but it goes back to the whole beginning of this conversation. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, full circle, <laughs> Katrina. <laughs> Is that that I'm not happy with the way that I look physically right now. How you feel. And how I feel. Yeah. So I don't want to invest the time in making a sweater that yeah. I'm hoping that by being more active and by looking after myself physically better, mm-hmm. that that weight that I've been carrying that's extra will drop off and I'll be back to where I want to be. And then knitting a sweater (laughs) will be quite happy and pleasant for me. (laughs) So I think that's a really interesting comment because, um, you know, I think as, as particularly as women, I think many of us really struggle with this. And um, I had really gone off the sweater knitting wagon for a while there because of how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't very active there for quite a long time after um, the kids were born for lots of reasons, mostly because um, of uh, my the bursitis in my hips that developed during my pregnancy with, with Nora. Um, and um, once I started getting active again, um, I, you know, sort of realized that I sort of had a choice. You know, I could make myself crazy um, and chase a number on, on the scale, which many of us cognitively know is a waste of time, but emotionally um, wish wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the whole just how you're emotionally feeling and your emotional health. And, of course, the more active you are and the better you eat and the more you sleep. The better you feel. Um, the better you feel. I feel like it's, there's that, what's that song? You know, um, <laughs> can you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around? Yeah. Um, but it's true, as cliche and as, quite frankly, annoying um, mm-hmm. as it is, it, it is true. And um, and it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. No. Um, but it didn't happen overnight to get where both well, of us got and I either. think that that's that's one of the things that we have to recognize like yeah, I am not huge. chasing a number on a scale that's, no. that's not what it is for me And no I know it's not and um, yeah. it's it's being back to like when I got pregnant with my eldest I was in the best shape of my life mm-hmm. and I haven't gotten back there and it's not a matter about getting back there anymore it's a matter of feeling like I can run up and down the stairs half a dozen times without being completely out of breath. Totally. And it's a matter of my kids are riding their bikes at such a speed now that I can't really keep up to them when I'm walking. You have to, like, jog. But I have to jog. Yeah. And being able to sustain that for long enough that we can go for a decent bike ride. And um, yep. that, you know, that they can they can get a good workout because they're riding their bikes fast and they're racing us and they're they're having fun yeah but that for us it's it's still a decent workout because they're not riding their bikes fast enough yet that it's a workout for us to ride our bikes exactly and so it's this balance and and it's it's the evolving of you know finding time to be a family together but doing it in in a way that's active and teaching my kids healthy life skills too Mm -hmm. and showing them that they matter mm-hmm. because that's one of the things that they've said a lot lately is you work too much. Yeah. That's huge. And that's not always fun. And it's really hard to find that balance when the kids feel like you're occupied all the time. It is. And, and I don't want them to feel like that they're the last priority and that they get whatever's left over at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, like growing up in a family where my parents ran their own business and did work a lot, mm-hmm. it was hard. Um, and it's, it's not, it's not a reflection on, on them as people. They were mm-hmm. doing the best that they could, mm-hmm. but knowing how it affected us and, and my parents were always there for us and, and they always made time for us, but there were lots of things that we didn't do as a family, um, like go on camping trips and things like that because 
they couldn't take the time off. They couldn't be away from the business. And so it's this balance of, of wanting our kids to be happy and wanting them to feel like they're important, but still growing a business and still working. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting because when we were at um, Fibers West this past March, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with your mom because we were visiting quite a bit on the second day because mm-hmm. uh, the second day was no quieter than the first day. <laughs> it was equally busy, which yeah. is which most festivals, the first day is crazy and the second day is quite a bit quieter and yeah. vendors tend to wander around and chat with one another and catch up with people they haven't seen. And Fibers West this year, it was just crazy the whole weekend. Like there was. was no slow... It didn't even slow down at the end of Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like as they were closing the doors, it was still really busy. But it was funny because you know your mom and I chatted quite a bit, um, and one of the things that she was saying was um, being a slave to the phone twenty four seven seven mm-hmm. days a week because um, in 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 the, in their house um, uh, and in your house growing up because um, they had clients in other time zones and in mm-hmm. other areas of the world. And so um, sort of the Monday to Friday work week of like nine to five didn't apply. No, no. You know, and that's, I think, very much an entrepreneur's, entrepreneurial's reality. It is. And, you know, you get, like for me, you get orders all the time. You get people sending you messages at different times. And, and you sort of have to respond in what they feel is a timely manner. Yeah. Otherwise, they feel like they're being ignored. Yeah, especially on the weekends because people mm -hmm. are around, they're not working. um, But they're not recognizing that you may not be working. (laughs) Exactly. I always say, like, I say this in the the outreach emails when when the Patreon stuff goes out, um, you know, to expect one to two business days. Mm -hmm. Um, Because our two families are really... um, um, similar in that we often take off on the weekends. Yeah. You know, we go camping and we do a lot of outdoor stuff and, um, it's not unusual for our two families, um, to be out of, um, cell range, mm-hmm. um, for days at a time, mm-hmm. you know, or to have spotty service. Like well, I'm not even talking like out of Wi-Fi range. I'm talking out of all cell service range because in British Columbia, and because of the part of the world that our families choose to go to, that are within like an hour or two drive of, yeah. of the Lower Mainland, um, there are no cell towers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I think people in other parts of the world who maybe live in more urban areas, like my in-laws don't understand because they live in southern Ontario, which mm-hmm. is one of the most urbanized areas of Canada. Um, well, it is the most urbanized area of Canada. Um, they don't understand that we don't have cell towers in the mountains here. Yeah. But the mountains are only 30 minutes away. So, well, like, I mean, <laughs> one of the parks that's closest to us is, is Golden Ears Park. Yeah, and there's, there's no, no service. service. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so, like, I've done photo shoots in there. And we have to be very specific about where we're meeting our clients. Because you can't call. Because we can't call and say, okay, this is where I am. Where are you? There's no yeah. service. You can't. You can't text. You can't call. Nope. You can't do anything. There's. There's nothing. Yeah, we actually have. So we go. We go. You know this. We go paddling up there um, mm-hmm. a lot throughout the summer. We take our, our, our uh, suck boards, our stand-up paddle boards up there, and um, we actually have. Um, a, um, we've set it up now with my parents that we call them. I usually just text my dad, but I text him before we go, and I text him when we come back because there is no service, and because we have the kids with us. Um, if heaven forbid anything were to happen, mm-hmm. um, we kind of need somebody to know where we are. Yeah. Um, because, and, and we're talking about a, a, a very large, granted it is very large, a large provincial park mm-hmm. within 30 minutes of Vancouver that has no cell service. Yeah. And it's just because it's in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it's so, crazy. Yeah. Like I know this summer we're going to the, the West coast of Vancouver Island and there will be yeah. There's no cell service. There will be lots of places over there that we have absolutely no yeah. cell service. So everybody always complains when they go to Tofino. Many of you will know Tofino, and you'll know that name because it's quite a famous famous place. A lot of tourists go and they compl- go there, and they are so excited to be in one of the most beautiful areas of the world. And they complain because there's no there's very patchy cell service, mm-hmm. very patchy. Yeah. And you can often get Wi-Fi and and yeah. you know get on that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're still not getting your text messages. No, (laughs) (laughs) 
You can Instagram. <laughs> I can be connected through Instagram, yeah. but I'm not getting my text messages. Yeah. Sorry. It just makes me laugh. I mean, that is so rural British Columbia, right? Well, and, the, yeah. and that's where we choose to take our families. Exactly. Like, We're um, both very outdoorsy, our families. And and we want our kids to experience that yeah. sort of stuff and, and to be outside and to to have a, a quest and a thirst for the adventure that comes with being outside and being Absolutely. away and being disconnected. Because and I it's think- good for them to see particularly you mm-hmm. and in our family, my Mike, my husband, disconnect. Yeah. Because Mike and you are always connected. Yeah. Always, you know. And I try very hard, like when the kids are home from school, um, to put my cell phone away so that I'm not yeah. texting or, you know, checking Instagram or you know, checking email or doing any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But sometimes it's inevitable that I still have work that needs to be finished. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, I'm checking email while I'm cooking dinner because, yep. you know, I didn't get it finished or, yep. or whatever the case may be. And so they do see me connected. And, and email's so, very time consuming. I don't care what anybody says. It is very time consuming. It's an interruption factor in your day. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you've got 10 emails to respond to and each of those emails take you five minutes to, to compose a response to all of a sudden you've just about spent an hour on your email. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's the reality of, of being a business. Yep. And, and I'm okay with that. And I love what I get to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not meant to complain at all because I do feel very lucky to get to do something that I love doing. Yep. But, the reality is, is, is I need a better balance because mm-hmm. if I don't, I will burn out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and friendships suffer as a result because I think, um, those of us, um, you and I've talked about this before when you, when you are a more introverted, like if, if we Myers-Briggs ourselves right now, we will mm-hmm. both come up as, as introverts yeah. and, um, um, the problem, it's not really a problem like that you need to fix, but it's a problem that we, we have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. The problem is it's very, um, natural to withdraw when mm-hmm. you're busy and you're overwhelmed and you're not taking care of yourself and whatnot. And, um, unfortunately for, for people who are introverted personalities, um, what really I think suffers, and this is something that I've realized in the last five, 10 years is, um, it's your friendships yep. because the last thing you want to do when you're tired and, depleted and overextended and your family needs stuff and your husband wants stuff, the last thing you want to do is go out with girlfriends for a cup of coffee. Yep. And in a lot of ways, even for the most introverted personality out there, one of the best things you can do at that point is go out for that coffee, recognizing that you're going to be tired after mm-hmm. and recognizing that, you know, the next day you might be a little bit slower because you're a little bit tired and you need that, that space and that time to rejuvenate and, and mm-hmm. reboot, if you will. But connecting with other people is so important, you know, in those relationships. It is. And, and yeah. I think in the world that we live in now where everything is so instantaneous yeah. and we text each other instead of call and talk to each other, yeah. um, we've become a very disconnected, for as connected as we are, we're a very disconnected society. Very alienated. And, and I think, you know, if you're talking mental health and things mm-hmm. like that, um, I think that that's playing a huge part, you know, everybody puts their absolute best out on Instagram. Yeah. Like I, I found myself doing it the other day. I was going to take a, a shot of my bobbin and, and where my wheel was sitting was in amongst all my kids Lego. Mm. And I picked my wheel up and I moved it because I didn't want everybody to see the mess that I was spinning in. But then you could have hashtagged real life. And I could have. <laughs> and I thought about or it. Or hashtag messy life. <laughs> and I, I seriously thought about it. <laughs> But it was it was this debate with myself yeah. with, where it was like, do I want the focus to be on what is the 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 true reality of life, totally, or what I'm spinning? And I'm like, I want it to be on my spinning. I don't mm. I don't want to admit how messy my house is. But ditto, friend. Ditto. <laughs> it's it's we put our best stuff yeah. out there, and that may not always be our reality. No. And, and I think that that is a major contributor to what we're seeing in our society where rates of suicide are going up yep. and, and pe- not calls for help, um, yep. suicide attempts that are successful because they weren't a call for help. Yeah. You know, um, not, not, there are a lot of suicide attempts out there that are absolutely a call for help and, um, 
um, and and that's good because that means that person can get a second, third, fourth chance. Yeah. But there's been a lot of suicide attempts out there that have been very high profile that are not calls for help. They were they were intentional, intentional, and and they were unfortunately successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that that is the reality that we're facing is is as as we get busier and as we are quote unquote more connected online. We are losing those connections to people in real life, Absolutely. and that is is having a huge detrimental effect on our well-being. Mm-hmm. And it's things like getting outside, making time to see people face to face, or even mm-hmm. talk to people mm-hmm. on the phone, mm-hmm. so that you have an actual connection to someone. Absolutely. Rather than, you know, texting and yeah. And sending emails and communicating in a way that is disconnected. Absolutely. I have to tell you a story. So last week, um, I so I just um, have started at a, at a new gym. And one of the girls that I work with, she was... So I've been in critical care for 12 years, 14 years, something like that. And so I had come from a different unit. and from, I'd actually come from emergency to the current unit that I'm in right now in ICU. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to the new unit, it was because we moved. And I was orientated by somebody who was, um, she was, she was in the process of, of going from a bedside nurse to becoming one of our team leaders. Mm-hmm. And they're, um, they're a separate position and they um, have, have different responsibilities. Anyway, she's a few years older than me. She's um, in her, in her, actually she's more than a few years older than me she's 10 years older than me um and we just hit it off right away because I didn't need to learn the job um it was more learning like the paperwork and the protocols and how they do things differently so she basically sat back for three shifts and was like I don't have to do anything I'm just gonna sit here and like chat and visit with everybody because I never get to do this and um and you know I it was sort of more learning the culture of the unit and so her and I just developed this relationship right away and, and got along, but never would seek each other outside of work. We're not like friends, quote unquote. We're sort of more like work friends. Yep. Chat when we see each other. I always enjoy my shift when she's in charge. Anyways, she's been going to a gym very similar to the one that I joined um, last week and for the last five years. And she, it's it. the transformation in her has been huge because she'd never been active in her whole life. Um, she's, she's not somebody that, that activity and physical well-being and, and and any of that has come naturally to. She's had to work really hard at it. And unfortunately, right at the same time that she joined the gym, her husband ended their marriage unexpectedly and left her a single mom with two teenage boys. So floundering, drowning, completely like, what's going on? My whole life has fallen apart. Actually, I said it was five years ago, but I think it was actually more like three years ago. So to witness the transformation in her over the last three years, to see her go from being um, just very deconditioned, really negative, not feeling good about her body, not feeling good about her emotional health, no confidence, no self-esteem because her husband's just left her and now she has to raise these two teenage boys on her own and all this stuff sort of um, uh, in turmoil all at once and see her come from that to somebody who's confident and has her self-esteem is rallied and of course it makes you a nicer person when you feel confident and like you've got self-esteem because you don't have to put others down to make yourself feel better Mm -hmm. so on and so forth and just to see the emotional transformation in her has been huge so she's been really pushing me to make this transition and make this change and so I finally bit the bullet last week with Mike's um uh pushing because he um made he he did this a, a little while ago and he's like I think it'll be really good for you go for it blah, blah blah so I went for my first workout and I got I, I she knew that I was going and she knew what time I was going and she knew what day I was going and everything and she had asked me to let her know and on the way home from the gym at 7 a.m in the morning because my workout was from 6 to 7 that was when the trainer was free mm-hmm. she called me on the phone she didn't text to say how would how did it go she had written it down and remembered and had actually called me. Mm-hmm. And I said to Mike later, I'm like, I don't know if it's because she's that little bit older because she always says how much she misses talking on the phone and misses people mm-hmm. actually calling each other. But that type of connection with other people is what we're losing. That's Absolutely. what we've lost is that, you know, I have been watching her and witnessing her transform and change and become a better version of herself. Mm-hmm. And when I see her, you know, I'm... I'm really positive and like I you know say to her like you know I just 
you're just such an inspiration and blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and yet when the tables were turned in terms of her, in terms of, you know, something, I made this huge leap of faith. I was really, really scared to, to do it and to try. And so she took that half hour out of her day and actually physically called. Mm-hmm. It, like, well, and, and it's incredible. It seems like such a foreign and thing. And it made such an impact. It did. But that's how we used to communicate with totally. our friends. Right? You know, like, yeah. if you wanted to, you know, you had to call them on a phone that they had at home. And if they weren't home... You left a message. You left a message. <laughs> and people, yeah. you know, we weren't so instantaneously connected to each other where... You know, you could send a text message and just say, oh, hey, happy birthday. You know, like, yeah. what happened to us that that we have become the society that doesn't pick up the phone? The internet. Yeah. And That's what happened. And, yeah. you know, I think it's created a society that is, is emotionally unwell. Ab- oh, absolutely. And, and people who are living with just an incredible amount of anxiety, mm-hmm. social anxiety, um, no confidence, no self-esteem. And, you know, I was telling you this story earlier and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so I, I'm training right now with a, um, he's a professional pacer and they brought him Mm -hmm. in at my gym. Um, this is my old gym now. This isn't the new gym. <laughs> it's all very confusing because mm-hmm. um, I'm sort of in transition right now. And he's a professional pacer. He's a professional running pacer. And one of the girls in the group who I, I had met a couple of times at the gym but didn't know her. And her mm-hmm. and I are in very similar stages of life. Um, and we were running together last night because we're the same pace. So um, Andy mm-hmm. put us together. And we really complement each other because we're the same build and we're, the, like I said, the same pace. And um, we seem to have a very similar cardiovascular fitness. And it was really interesting because she was saying last night about sort of this voice in her head mm-hmm. um, that um, a friend of mine who's a life coach, she calls this voice Josephine, um, who's like sort of not a very nice person. And she's the, the, the voice in your head that tells you you can't do it. And she's the voice that says, why bother? And she's the, the one that you sort of are constantly having to try to silence. And I think many of us don't realize how active she is until we identify her mm-hmm. and say, oh, that's Josephine. And my running partner, she was saying to me um, that her she is sort of realizing how ruled she is by that voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, you're working really hard on this run and you're really breathing hard and, and you're um, having trouble keeping up. So like, why bother? Mm-hmm. And she, and you know, she said what she's really battling against right now is, is the confidence to say, why bother? Well, because I can get better because mm-hmm. next time I won't be struggling so much, but she doesn't have, she's struggling with her self-esteem and her self-confidence to get over that hump of, I can do this. I will mm-hmm. do this. And her, and this is an incredibly accomplished She's just a couple of years younger than me. Um, you know, she's a mom of three. Mm-hmm. She has a successful career. She has, you know, they've got a beautiful, um, um, you know, home in terms of like she takes a lot of pride in, in um, having an, a lovely home, unlike me who can't be bothered to do housework. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can say that to Katrina because she's the same. I'd rather create and make stuff or go for a run. But the thing is, is like she has every reason and every reason in the world to have um, a huge amount of self-esteem and self-confidence, and yet she doesn't because in her next breath, her next um, sort of confession, if you will, was that she was on Instagram earlier in the day and was looking at um, you know pacing and running pacing and and um, some of the photos of things that people post when they're starting to train for marathons because that's her long-term goal and feeling like she wasn't good enough because she's not where these women are. Yeah, a- and it's I worked for quite a while um, with a woman who is a professional runner and she's a professional um, pacer and she runs for for um, for Saucony and she was one of the most unhealthy people I've ever met in my entire life because to run in the lightweight class that she was running in and to maintain her weight at that lightweight class, um, she didn't eat. Mm-hmm. So she's running this incredible, these incredible distances, um, but she has a, a subtle underlying eating disorder. Mm-hmm. But her photos are perfect, and she would her fo- posted photos online would make somebody like my friend Stephanie 
feel terrible about herself. But what you don't see is what's going on behind the scenes. Well, and I think that that's, that's the reality. And, yeah. and I always tell people when they're feeling uncomfortable with that voice in their head mm-hmm. is, would you talk to your best friend that way? Exactly. And if you wouldn't talk to... Or your to daughter. Your, or your daughter. Yeah. And if you wouldn't talk to your best friend or your daughter that way, then why are you doing it to yourself? Exactly. And recognizing that voice for what it is um, and not judging it. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, I think one of the, the biggest things one of the biggest negatives is we, we engage with that voice almost in like a push pull fight. Yeah. You know, does it make me look fat? I think it makes me look fat. I don't know if it makes me look fat. Maybe it does make me look fat. And it's this back and forth tug of war. Um, rather than acknowledging the voice and letting it go. Yeah. You know, and saying, yes, I may not be where I want to be, Mm -hmm. but I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm making progress. Exactly. I'm doing something about it. Yeah. I can. So I will. I can, so I will. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that sometimes getting offline and being disconnected and being just focused on making real connections with people and sitting down with people and having that coffee or yeah. going for a walk or whatever the case may be. Sitting down and having conversations like this. Yeah. Yeah. It It's... It's making those connections with people and being real about it. Absolutely. And, and saying to somebody, like I know the other day I commented on something on Instagram and and um, Rebecca had posted a photo and she looked tired. Oh, that was the other day. Yeah. And she had Diana on her back. She had Diana yeah. on her back. And, and I just yeah. said, you know, you look tired. Take some time to rest. And, yeah. you know, we had a little conversation back and forth. And it's mm-hmm. like... I can't talk to you in real life. Yeah. Because... This is when I wish we were all neighbors. It, it is. It's <laughs> totally... It would be like, okay, I'm coming yeah. over and I'm taking the baby. Exactly. And you're going for a walk. Yeah. I'm going to make you a cuppa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Or you're going for a nap or something. Yeah. But... Whatever I'm, would be life-sustaining and replenishing for you. Yeah. Yeah. And... But when you can't do it that is where it's nice to be connected online exactly. and, and have that online community yeah but it's so important to also have that community of people that you can go to in real life and you can say i need help or i need this or yeah whatever it is that you need yeah and that you have that connection with them in real life and that you don't feel embarrassed and that you're not living up to you know the perfect standard that we see online that everybody posts mm-hmm. well in these unrealistic expectations um i always say there's a um a family and youth counselor who um works down in the states and i followed him for a really long time because i love his message and one of the things that he always says and he always comes back to this and it's like a mantra in my head now planned expectations expectations are planned disappointments mm-hmm. because as soon as we have all these expect expectations of ourselves of others of things we can't control even of things that we can control you're just planning out your disappointment mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't mean that setting goals um is a bad thing you need to set goals but set goals that are that are attainable yep. not goals that you can't control whether or not you win a competition, mm-hmm. but you can set goals for yourself and set um, set a personal best exactly. or set a, you know, that the competition do your the, best competition. Yeah, leave it out on the floor. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's those goals need to be attainable and achievable for yourself, not for anyone else. No, and you know, it's really, goals, you're competing against yourself. You really. are, and like I mean, the goals that I've set for myself right now is um on my little fitbit app is to have everything in the green yeah so, i love that goal yeah you know that's my that goal one too it's yeah. it's you know i've I've set my goal for ten thousand five hundred steps so yeah. i need to have that and then there's you know a, a number of floors that i need to go up and down which is easy yeah. because i'm constantly i was gonna say that's down. not a problem in your house <laughs> that's not a problem up down house. up down up down <laughs> Yeah. I get my floors in no problem. I could probably up my floors by half again as much and still get it no problem. <laughs> so I've got my floors that I need to achieve and I've got the number of kilometers that I need to achieve and the number of calories that I need to achieve yeah. and the number of active minutes. Yeah. And if I can get all of those things in the green at the end of the day, I'm happy. Absolutely. And if I don't get it, because like this past Friday I was 
uh, it was my daughter's birthday on Wednesday, and on Friday we had her birthday party. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had kids over, and I was doing a sewing project with them. And so by the end of the day, I had like 5,500 steps. Mm-hmm. And so nowhere close to what I had, and I was like, I need at least a half-hour walk, and it's like 10 o'clock at night because we had kids sleeping over. And I was just like, I'm done, and Some I'm okay with like that. that. And yep. and just being okay to to quote unquote fail at that goal that day. Yeah. But then the next day you get right back on the horse. You get right back on the horse and the next day I did like 14,000 steps and Sunday I did 18,000 steps. Yeah. So I look at that one day and go it was totally excusable and it was totally worth it. Yeah. For what I needed to do for my daughter that day. Absolutely. And it becomes the exception not the rule. Yeah. You know, because those days become fewer and fewer and far between, further and further, fewer and fewer and farther in between um, when you, when, when you view them as the exception. Yeah. You know, this isn't how we do life. This is how we did life that day. Yeah. And it doesn't derail everything and all your goals and all of your um, aspirations. Well, it's you just life. You don't spend any more time thinking about it than what I did that day was Absolutely. just as important as getting all of my greens. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm looking at the time. I think we need to call it there. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us on the, in this two-part series of Wool and Spinning Radio. I hope that um, there we left you with some things to think about around breed and color studies as well as around um, creative life balance. And we would love to have you as part of the conversation, so please leave a comment below, and um, I will sift through them and maybe feature them on uh, future episodes of Wool and Spinning Radio on how you attain your creative life balance and what that looks like for you. Until next time, happy spinning. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in this month. Remember to enter the giveaway this month and I will announce it on September's live stream at the end of the month. As always, happy spinning.